Hello and welcome to a Paul Carenza podcast. I'm Paul Carenza. This is a mini run of Catching Up, where I catch up with friends old and new, see what they're up to and have a good old chinwag about what they do and why they do it. This time, I know exactly what this guest has been up to because I've been doing it too, writing a book, Planet Protectors. It's my new book and it's Ruth Valerio's new book, We wrote it together in the first lockdown for children, and it's to help them look after the world, not just environmentally, but also looking out for other people across the world and maybe changing the way that we all think about everything from, I don't know, our back gardens to the stars to asylum-seeking newcomers to our schools to how long we spend outside. It is aimed at children, but I think a lot of grown-ups could benefit from a lot of things in this book, Planet Protectors that we'll get into shortly with Ruth Valerio. Now, if you're a churchy person, hello to you. Ruth speaks in and for and through churches, so we talk a bit about that. If you're not a churchy person, hello to you. There's also loads about how children, and indeed the rest of us, can help look after this wonderful big round marble of a home that we all live in. Ruth works for Tear Fund, and her website is ruthvalerio.net. Links to those to find out more about what she's up to. It's all in the show notes, as usual. You'll also find there a link to grabbing your own copy of Planet Protectors, the book. And hey, if you ask me nicely on social media, I can do you a signed one, and you can buy one direct from me if you'd rather. Uh, There's also information in the show notes about how to get a bulk load if you want to for your youth group or school or church group or whatever it might be, or if you personally just want to read 12 copies of Planet Protectors. It's unlikely. This episode was also filmed and put on my YouTube channel. See link in the show notes to watch it on YouTube. Then you will know what we mean when we refer to visuals. Anyway, let's catch up with my co-author and a brilliant person, the human being that is... Ruth Valerio. Delighted to welcome to the podcast and indeed the YouTube channel, whatever it might be. I don't know who knows whatever media things this comes nowadays. Ruth Valerio, who I've been working with on a book called Planet Protectors, which I should now hold up for those who have <laughs> yours as well. Yours so well like, matched. It is, isn't it? Yours is more orange than mine. Clearly the daylight here is too bright. Huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and can I just say, I really like the back cover too, Paul. I don't know if you've really taken that in. But it's quite nicely done. So I was looking at that the other day. (laughs) It's very nice. It's a lovely back cover and worth holding up as well. There you go. Um, Also, what I didn't realise, and this won't come across in either video or audio, but the feel of it as well. It does feel nice, doesn't it? I was expecting, I mean, most books nowadays have that kind of glossy thing. Mm. It feels more like more on topic of what we're talking about. Uh, No, it's... I agree. I, that's what I thought when I opened up the parcel. I thought, oh, that feels nice. Yes. It, it feels like it's the right sort of, I have no idea if that's the sort of material they should be using, but it feels like they've got Oh, they will. I think we checked beforehand that, that it was definitely going to be on good paper. Yeah, good paper. it is. Really happy so, uh, so where did this come from? I mean, I, I know the answers to these questions because I've worked on this book with you. Um, but uh, what happened then? Last summer, you had a thought. And what was that thought and how has it ended up here? Yeah, so I wrote a book a little while ago called L is for Lifestyle, but that kind of it goes through the alphabet, takes an issue for each letter, and it's very practical with some biblical bits in it and so on. And it's been it's described as a bestseller, so it's gone quite well. And people have often said to me, Oh, yeah, that would make a great kids' book, you ought to do a children's version. And I've it's just never really happened. And then during the first lockdown, it came back to me and I thought. 
oh, why, why, come on, why don't I just do it? So then I thought, because I'm not a children's writer, so I thought well, I, I, I hate to tell you, but you now are. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I wasn't a children's writer. <laughs> but I thought I need someone brilliant and funny who can help me with it. And so, of course, who came to mind but your good self? So I dropped you a note and said, would you like to work with me on a children's book? And said, Paul, do you know anybody who could do this? <laughs> I did not. I said, you are brilliant and funny. Work with me. And it, well, we did. And that was great. Uh, it was a marvellous thing. Um, we should actually probably do some more backstory for those who aren't familiar with your, your oeuvre. Is that the word? Sounds, sounds fancy. Um, but your, what's your backstory then? Is it's uh, I, I think if you're a speaker, but writer, but uh, theologian, uh, but environmentalist, but uh, campaigner, I mean, act, uh, who knows? I don't know all of those things. I don't know. Yes. Did, where, where did it begin <laughs> and how does it end? <laughs> it's a weird question. Yeah. So for many years now, I've been writing and speaking on issues of justice, global justice, poverty issues, and wider environmental things. So caring for the whole of God's creation and trying to live those things out in my own life as well. So I have done that in a range of different ways. Before the role that I'm currently in, I was with Arosha UK and I pioneered the eco church scheme, which uh, nearly up to 4,000 churches I was hearing the other day are now doing eco church and many dioceses and, and others as well, which is super encouraging. And I'm now with Tear Fund and I'm a director there, so overseer group doing a whole range of different things. But my passion is getting the church engaged around these issues of whole creation care, environmental care, and taking really seriously the biblical call to justice and to, as Isaiah says, spending ourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfying the needs of the oppressed. So very, that's kind of my background. Very good. Very good. It's And I well, and before we get on to the, the book itself properly, um, how I don't want to sound too critical, but at the same time, I can imagine that that in trying to engage the church at large with being becoming eco churches and things like that, that some churches may be resistant or reluctant or I don't know, but it's it's odd to think why that might be, but mm-hmm. it's not something you often think of as, you know, when you hear a church sermon it or a talk or an initiative that a church is doing, um, some churches are eco churches, but many are not. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy, isn't it? Because the fundamental thing we believe in is that God is creator. It's the first statement in our Bibles. Quite so even there early on, isn't it? It's there. And if you're from an Anglican church, which I'm not, but if you are, then you probably state that every Sunday. So we believe that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. God made this world. So really, for us as Christians, it should be the most obvious thing. And and in case we think, oh, that's just an Old Testament thing, we also see it really clearly in Paul's words in Colossians that Jesus' blood was shed on the cross to reconcile all things to God. So not only human beings, though I think absolutely part of the good news is that people can be reconciled to God, but it's not only people, it's all things. So this should be just second nature for us as followers of the Lord of creation. Second nature. I like I like what you did there. Second nature. 
<laughs> Very good. There you go. That's the next book. <laughs> it's, um, so, but it is something that so clearly then it's something that Christians and churches should be part of. But those people, it seems today. I mean, I'm thinking of almost the, one of the oldest, one of the young. You know, your Greta Thunberg and your David Attenborough, are two ex- different extremes yeah. of life potentially, yeah. um, are mm. kind of. I don't know. It sort of seems like they are. I don't want to say preaching because that does give a wrong connotation, perhaps. But they are kind of leaders of today, almost prophets, one mm. could say, in a secular way, looking ahead, saying this is how things could be. But neither from a religious background particularly, but engaging young people, it would seem, uh, and uh, and hopefully many adults. But it seems that young people particularly maybe are joining this whole movement that's getting behind yeah. this in a different way. Yeah, and uh, it's brilliant seeing them doing that. So, so encouraging. And uh, and I'm so grateful both that David Attenborough is now speaking out so clearly and for Greta Thunberg and all that she is saying. I'm also really sad that we weren't leading the way as churches and that this isn't, you know, this should be something that we were known for decades ago. And uh, I think partly part of what was in your earlier question I've been speaking on these things for probably more than 25 years now and when I for a lot of that time it really hasn't been understood and I've been laughed at and (laughs) people taking the mickey out of me and you know I felt uh, felt a bit of a lone voice until I met up I do need to say with Arosha folks from Arosha who helped me realize I'm not a lone voice But for quite a bit of that time, I've just felt like I've been pushing water uphill. Thankfully, that isn't the case anymore. And over recent years in our churches, we've been really changing and really coming to understand that we've got to be engaging with the climate crisis. We've got to be engaging with species loss, with plastic waste and so on, not just because this is an interest in the secular world, but because it is part of our Christian faith. Yeah, it, and it, I mean, fair play to you. Applause for the fact you have you've stuck to your guns certainly. And you know, I, many people might have. Cause I remember I've seen you speak at I think Spring Harvest. I don't know, ten years ago. Who knows when? I don't know. Maybe longer mm-hmm. uh, about these issues, and and it in a way that the world wasn't really talking about it much then or nearly as much as it should be I don't know if they're talking as much now as they should be but maybe it's slightly more on the agenda than it was uh is it I mean is what's changed is it just unfortunately that the statistics have got a bit scarier and here we are or is there other things afoot that suddenly now we're hopefully engaging with it a bit more as a world yeah I think it's a mixture of things I I do think partly it's it's because it's gone up the agenda in the wider culture. And the sad reality is that that we do follow culture um, often in our churches. That might be controversial, but we do. I don't think we can deny that. And that's probably natural. We are, we're not just living in our churches. We are people in our culture, in our society. So, so it does have an impact on us in that way. So it, it's gone up the agenda in our culture and therefore we can't ignore it so much. But I also think that there's just there has been over the decades a gradual building up. And as more people have been coming to understand that wider creation care is part of the gospel, it's part of the good news of Jesus, 
So the message has been going out. I, I think it's partly down to the hard work that me and a good number of others, I'm not on my own at all, have been doing, spending time in theological colleges, in um, clergy training colleges, leadership colleges, and then those, those people then take on churches. So it just begins to spread and to roll out. And I think then eco-church caught hold of a desire that was there, but people and churches didn't didn't really know how to respond and eco church made it quite simple so then all of a sudden it was like there were seeds waiting and eco church was kind of the rain and and then it all sprang up so there's no doubt that there's there's movement but obviously still a long way yet to go indeed well going back to the book then we've got a couple of chapters in here uh children change churches uh which i think in a way sums up one of the major things to do with this book, which is actually that children children and the younger generation can be such agents for changing all of this. It's mm. stuff that they can do in their own lives. And I think there's loads and loads of things in it. 52 Ways to Look After God's World is the subtitle at the top. Loads of things. And especially we even planned the release for before the summer holidays. Didn't we? Thinking people can do this stuff at home. Uh, but there's also stuff in here about children engaging their churches and their schools and influencing others in their lives to hopefully make a good difference in there. Yeah, and it's one of the exciting things for me that the children can be leaders. So the book has lots of tips about different things that you can do around the home. But as you say, it's also got a couple of chapters and it's woven into other chapters as well about um, tips for children to go to their church leaders or to their children's leader and say, you know, why don't we do this? Could we uh, make sure that our prayers are praying for the wider natural world or how about a service where we have a look at it and, and also for schools as well so there's lots of ideas in there to help our children not just make changes in their own lives but also to stand up and to be advocates and to be leaders more widely. Have you got any favourite sort of uh... I mean, it's difficult to pick out favourites, isn't it? I don't know if you should ever have favourites. <laughs> it really is difficult. <laughs> you know, we've been asked that a few times, and I really can't pick up pick out a favourite. I just, I love, I love them all, and I love how they've been set out. And the illustrator, we ought to give a good shout out to Faye Austin, who's done a brilliant job with the book. I, I mean, it covers so many important issues. So I've just randomly opened up the book, and it's come to tip number 20 called cotton on which is about our clothes and thinking about where our clothes or what our clothes are made from and how to source our clothes in a better way and then this one is stargazing which is simply about it's not really a tip for something to do it's just about getting outside when it's dark looking up if the if the if it's a cloudless night and seeing what stars you can see and as you know we wanted to put things in the book that weren't just around practical things but were about helping our children and families to fall in love with the world that's around them to get out and look at the sky to look at the grass and see what insects are there and just to fall in love what is with what's around us Absolutely. I think and it, hopefully, yeah, it's rather just a, a checklist of, you know, we can do this, can do that. Uh, but a whole new way of looking at the world uh, is, you know, the one that you held up a minute ago was as well, number 10, welcome, which was I think was a lovely one. Just that idea of 
about looking out for children at school who are from different cultures and backgrounds and uh, and schools all the time are taking in new people from new countries who need to be welcomed and the world with next to zoom and things that we're now talking on here is feels like it's shrinking to a point yeah. and, uh, and hopefully things like this can help us realize yeah. and it's, it's good for picking that one out because i think that illustrates that the book and the tips aren't only around what we might call environmental things they do also encourage us to be thinking about other people and particularly people living in poverty. So there's one one tip in here around twinning your toilet. And that is a, a great way by which we can think around how amazing it is that we have wonderful toilets and the fact that a lot of people around the world don't have that, but we can give a little bit of money and we can twin our toilet and that will help someone in a very different situation to have a better toilet so you know there's tips that are about people as as well as being about planet and we've also got some some real life planet protectors as well haven't we Uh, yes so people who are children actual real real life children who are making a difference and uh and i think that was a really nice thing to as well to have to show this isn't just us as as, as adults going hey here's some ideas kids but actually children who are really showing us what they can be doing yeah, and doing some amazing things, you know, two sister, sister, sister and brother who've pushed Portsmouth Council to be plastic free and you know, some some really quite inspiring little young, little is the wrong word, some really quite inspiring children in there and the stories of what they're doing. Yeah, well, I think um, there's little more to say other than people should get this book, obviously, and uh, it's... Um, and, and I think, you know, there, there is a, I know people, publishers often say, hey, you can buy in bulk and, uh, and you know, it's cheaper that way. But this is, I think, one book that actually with youth groups and church groups and schools and things, that it can make a real difference, I think. And I'm excited to, to think that even though we're only a week in to the book being out there, but um, already you're just seeing enough people picking up and, and talking about it. And the more people talk about it online, so if you've got a copy, talk about it online, share it, review it, all that sort of stuff, because it helps others get it. And those kind of seeds then get spreaded. Get spreaded. That was a terrible way of ending that. Otherwise, I think pretty good sentence. Never mind. <laughs> but also, I think you mentioned at the beginning that it's nearly the school holidays, and I think again we're facing a slightly different school holiday, aren't we? We're not going to be doing so much travelling. We'll be having a lot of holidays from home, and this will give a whole load of ideas for different things that our families can be doing. There you go. The book is Planet Protectors. It's published by SPCK. We'll put a link in the show notes and that sort of thing. Um, and th- and thanks for getting me on board with this because this was a great thing to be doing last year in, in lockdown. Oh, well, it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure to work with you. I've very much enjoyed it. Fantastic. Well, excited to see where it goes from here. And indeed. And, w- and what's next for you then? If you must be moving on to other things then and not moving on to other things, this is on its way, but the writing is done of this now. So... Yeah. Uh, where, what does the future hold then, apart from obviously book two and the spin-off film and the TV series, waiting to hear about? <laughs> yeah, well, not another book yet. <laughs> um, uh, I'm well, so my work at Tier Fund takes up most of my time. I work with an absolutely brilliant team of people in all sorts of areas, but one of our big focuses for this year 
is the UN climate change talks that are happening in Glasgow at the end of the year. So we're doing a lot to engage with those and to help churches engage. So lots of resources that people can find online at the, on the Tear Fund website to help your church engage with the climate crisis and to, to speak up and to push our government to put in place meaningful actions uh, leading up to those talks at the end of the year. Great. Well, I'll put some links to those as well in the in the uh, as well. And we'll let you get back to work then because you've got plenty to do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so thanks thank, again. You. thank you again for having us on board with this. Planet Protectors, get your copy now. And thank you, Ruth Valerio. Don't forget you can watch this interview on YouTube. Link in the show notes or just search for Paul Carenza and Ruth Valerio on YouTube. So that was Ruth. Our book is called Planet Protectors, as well you know, and it's out now. Do get a copy from wherever you get books. This has been very pluggy. I'm well aware of this episode, but I could not resist the chance to chat to Ruth about uh, how the book came about and indeed her own backstory, much of which I did not know until that conversation. If you would like bulk copies for a group, the link to the SPCK website with details of those bulk discounts, that's all in the show notes. Uh, You'll also find their links to Ruth's website, and the latest campaign that she's behind from Tear Fund. And thank you, Ruth, for getting me on board to write the book uh, with you. It's been marvellous. Um, we love it. We hope you do too, good readers. Uh, nice big round home you got here. Shame if anything happens to it. Mm, yeah, let's make it better. Shall we? Shan't we? Let's try. Little things that we can all do. It's all in the book, Planet protectors right i've said that enough enough plugging thank you for listening thank you for putting up with me waffling on here just trying to lure you into purchasing some paper with some printed things on but it's all for a good cause and that cause is kind of where we live so let me thank you ruth once again for joining us and thank you and your ears for joining us too because yes you have joined us you are hearing this please do stay subscribed If you like this podcast, if you like the previous episodes, you can review it, you can rate it, you can share it on your Twitter, your Facebook, or tell a friend about it. And join us next time for another fab guest, uh, another hopefully fab conversation. I think maybe next time it's about time we had Gareth Jones, aka Gaz Top, from back in the 90s, children's TV presenter. I had a great chat with him. We featured it on the British Broadcasting Century podcast in pieces, but we've not put out the full audio. And I think this could be a great home for it. Gareth Jones, next time, I think, on Catching Up with me, Paul Carenza. Goodbye. <laughs>